We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Jet quarterback talk, it's been a lot today. It's been a lot the last week or so. The Daniel Jones thing is weird to me, man. It feels like it's going to happen. It's inevitable that he's going to come back. And really the only question is, what kind of contract does he get? Jordan Ronan is a very good reporter. Reported, I think, earlier this morning. It looks like it's going to be in the $34, $35 million range. And when you look at what other quarterbacks make, Patrick Mahomes makes $45 million a year. Josh Allen makes $40 million a year. Uh, Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year. Russell Wilson makes $49 million a year. Kyler Murray makes $46 million a year. Uh, Carson Wentz was making $30 million a year. When you hear those numbers, it makes sense. It's like, okay. Because I think at first yeah. when you hear 34, it's like, really? Uh, Daniel Jones is nice, but $34 million. But when you look at what quarterbacks make, it makes sense that he's going to get that contract. So I assume as a Giant fan, a diehard Giant fan that you are, yeah. you're full bore, got to bring this guy back, even if it is $35, $36 million a year. Yeah. We have to. I was uh, I was on the fence about Daniel Jones over the last two years. As a rookie, it, obviously, looking at history, it's, it's hard to have that continuity from one great quarterback to another, right? Going from Favre to Rodgers is, is not the norm in the NFL. So I looked at Daniel Jones and the mistakes, the the lack of pocket presence, uh, you know, so air mailing guys, especially in, the, in this rookie and sophomore year, they were questionable. And I just wasn't so sure with him. This year, you bring in Dable, you bring in Shane, they go 9-7-1, and one. he cuts down on the mistakes, what he did, what he accomplished this year with the hodgepodge pieces that they had. I mean, Kenny Galladay wasn't even on the field. He had two catches total this year. A complete bust. Daniel Jones is out there throwing to Reggie James. Isaiah Hodgins, who they brought back. Good move. I mean, just the, the most random of guys leads them to the playoffs. I got to bring him back. You know what's funny? Let's say they bring him back. And I think yeah. they will. I think it's very unlikely yeah. Daniel Jones is on any other team. And he throws 15 touchdown passes next yeah, year. Yeah, He's going to get killed by a lot of Giants he is. fans. He is. He's one of those guys where once he gets the bag, if you will, the view yeah. of him is not going to be, wow, he did such a great job with so little. Like, that's out the window. Yeah, yeah. The expectation is going to be, you better play like a guy who makes $35 million a year. Yeah. Like, Daniel Jones can't repeat what he did in 2022 in terms of, and he did a great job running the football, yeah. and I thought the Giants did a great job of taking advantage of his legs. But he's got to get better. It's actually it's oddly similar to the R.J. Barrett thing where he got his money, and what did Nick fans say about R.J. Barrett this year? They're crushing this Oh, they're guy. crushing him every chance yeah. they get. Every he, chance they get. That's going to happen to Daniel Jones yeah. unless he takes another step forward in year two with Brian Dayball. Yeah, no question about it. This year was the grace period. Right, There were no expectations. I had no expectations for this team. I didn't right. think they were going to make the playoffs. All I was saying was that I need to see a little bit more from Daniel Jones so that I can say, do we have a potential future with him? And playing with a lot with a little, Dable found something in him. Obviously, he ran the ball a lot more. Right. And maybe that was by design. But 
I'm looking at Daniel Jones now and saying, I think there's more room to grow. Bring him some pieces. Get some receivers. We need the best two or three more receivers. I like Hodgins. James, I'm not so sold on. He doesn't come up big in a big spot. Get rid of Galladay. They got rid of Sterling Shepard finally. He's a good guy, good leader, but never never, healthy, never healthy. Yeah. So you had to move on from there. Get him some pieces, and here we go. But as you said, 15 touchdown passes. You know, there are only four quarterbacks that, that threw for less. Right. And it was interesting because the Giants were fourth in terms of red zone percentage. Right. You know, with Jones with only 15 touchdown uh, passes. So the expectations are going to go through the roof. But I feel like, what is plan B? Well, see, okay, so that's the interesting yeah. thing. I think a part of why you need him back is, okay, you don't bring him back. He signs elsewhere. And I'm skeptical that he would sign elsewhere because I was thinking about this as a Jet fan. I, I put my Jet fan hat on and said, do I want Daniel Jones? Now, I watched him all year, and he, he was fine. But I don't trust the Jet coaching staff to get as much out of Daniel Jones as Brian Dayball did. Yeah. So I figure, am I getting the Daniel Jones that Brian Dable kind of opened up last year? Or am I getting the Daniel Jones from two years ago? I watched, you know, it's very different, but I watched Josh Allen sort of regress this year. Like, he turned the ball over more times without Brian Dable, and I started to wonder, am I buying the guy who started to make progress, or am I buying the guy from two years ago? I wonder if other teams would view Daniel Jones that way, and maybe there wouldn't be this incredible market for him despite there being a decent amount of teams that need a quarterback. But if you let him go and he ends up in Carolina or he ends up in Atlanta or he ends up, God forbid, with the Jets, what are you doing? It's the same quarterbacks we were just talking about, which are not that appealing. I tell you one thing, I'm not doing a Tyrod Taylor, man. You put that guy in one preseason game, he gets folded up, he's out for the season. I, it's a situation where Daniel Jones is more valuable to the Giants than I believe to other teams. 100%. 100%. Yes. And there's opportunity costs to everything. And the opportunity costs, whether they made the playoffs, they exceeded expectations, now they need to build on that. Absolutely. They need to build on that, not not necessarily go backwards. And at the with the 25th pick in the draft... Quarterback options are slim pickings. You don't want to package up draft picks to go get somebody. And do you somebody. want to do that again? You want to go Not at rebuild all. with a young quarterback? Not at all. Ugh. Not at all. I think they need to move forward, but I think he's given us reasons to move forward with him. The pocket presence has gotten better. He's cut down on the turnovers. Oh, that's tremendous. Right there. Cutting down the turnovers is the cut biggest jump he made. Tremendously. Yep. I mean, I yep. couldn't tell you how many times I want to pull my hair out every time he's 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 so loosey goosey with the ball and he gives up a, a strip sack. No doubt. He was much, much better. Only five interceptions this year. Four come from behind wins in the fourth quarter. That was excellent. So I think he, he's given us, he's given the Giants reason to believe that there's another level to his game that he can tap into if they just put the right pieces the, around him. The number one concern, because I, I want to be honest about what I said a year ago. A year ago, I said arrogantly, I'll take yeah. it. Daniel Jones ain't the answer. We're just wasting I said our freaking it. I time. I said it as well. Yeah, you said, I, think I most, said it as well. I think a lot of people said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because what, what did we see over the first three years that made us think differently? Right. You know, we're a results business. Yeah. When the results change, our opinions are going to change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if there are different results, yeah, okay, he's better. But my number one concern was none of the things we just talked about. It was his health. It was the yeah. fact that he had a neck injury last offseason. It was very mysterious. He missed a big chunk of the final few weeks last year where we were all forced to watch Mike Lennon play quarterback, which was sad and disgusting. And obviously Joe Judge oh, decided to call goodness. it, you know, let's, go, let's kneel on it yeah. from our own four-yard line. Oh, uh, that, was, that was probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen as a Giants fan. That was before my time, before your time, because we're youngins. Yeah. We're in our late 30s. Yeah. That was the Pissarchik moment of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. 
the rock bottom moment as a Giant fan, fair or not, was Joe Judge calling those plays in the shadow of his own end zone. That's the thing that 25 years from now, when we talk about the bad era of Giant football, assuming that's the last one, we're going to say, you know, Sonny, do you remember that time they called her? That's what it was. And the turnaround has been crazy. But my biggest concern was, can this guy stay on the field? Can he play? And I thought that was the best thing he did this year was even in an offense in which he's running the football a lot more and he's facing more hits than ever before. He basically played the whole year. He didn't play the last week, but that was by choice. He missed a few snaps. I think it was like four or five weeks into the year where he missed the second half of the game. But outside of that, the dude went out and played, which is, to me, was the biggest question I had about him coming into this season. Yeah, big time. I still think he needs to protect himself a lot better. I, I still think he, he puts himself in harm's way in a lot of those QB draws, but he was effective out there. What do they call him? Vanilla Vic? Vanilla Vic? Vanilla, Vanilla Vic was doing the damn thing. So he impressed in certain spots. And, again, doing a lot with a little, I was very impressed. However, if they give him that money, I wonder where they go with Saquon Barkley. Okay, perfect transition because here's my follow-up yeah. to you. Let's say yeah. they had better receivers, great. If they lose Saquon Barkley, who rushed for 1,300 yards – who got in the end zone 10 times, all of a sudden, and I, I don't want to hear, well, you know, just uh, give Gary Brightwell more carries. Everything will be fine. Matt Breida, everything will be fine. I know that we've seen running backs come out of nowhere. I don't rule that out. But you're trying to replace a guy who last year had one of the best years of his NFL career. You got to keep him. And I really don't see any reason why you shouldn't. You just franchise him. That's why working out a long-term deal with Jones is so important so you don't have to use the tag on him. I almost prefer to tag Saquon because it's only $11 million in that range, $10.5 million, whatever it is, and it's a one-year commitment. I know he'll hate it, but you're basically telling him, go out and have another big year. Sorry, you want a long-term deal? Go out and have another big year. That's the gamble. You know, he's, he's been such a pro's pro, a leader in the locker room. The organization loves him. You have Christian McCaffrey making close to 16. I believe the initial negotiations between Saquon and the Giants was around 14, 12 yeah, it was to 14. a little bit more than what the uh, franchise right, tag even right. pays. So then yeah. if, you, if you franchise him for 10, is that kind of a slap in the face based on the season that he had? So uh, maybe I'm a bad guy. It's a business, dude. It's a business. Like I, have no, I got nothing bad to say about Saquon Barkley. He's a great dude. He's a nice dude. The fact he's come back from this injury and he did have a year that kind of reminded you of his rookie year, which to this date was the best year of his career, that's yeah. awesome for him. And I totally get why he wants – that kind of contract. Well, who wouldn't want that kind of contract? But if you're the New York Giants, you're not looking at it that way. You're looking at it as what's better for us. He's a 26-year-old running back. or he's Yeah, he just turned 26. A 26-year-old running back who I don't know what he's going to be two years from now. And we see how bad these contracts turn out. You look at Zeke. You look at the Zeke contract. And now all the money is no longer guaranteed. So the Cowboys could just move on from him now. But in the best interest of the team, Franchise tag him. Yeah. Now he could hold out. He could be pissed off. I, I okay. I I get it. But I guess I'm looking at it very cold heartedly. I'm no, looking at it, it as a business. It, it absolutely is a business. And then you put the ball in his court. Whether he wants to show up at camp and as I said, he's been a stand up guy. Maybe he doesn't. But maybe you give him that non exclusive tag for the ten, and maybe he goes out there and gets a deal, and you get two first round picks back. I think that would be ideal if you're faced with the prospects of losing him. The problem is, is, is history has shown us that when you invest in a running back in a second contract, it doesn't pay dividends. It doesn't work. I love Saquon, man. That, that's why I watch this team, right? That, that was the, the, 
one exciting piece. I love the defense. Definitely love defense. But the one exciting thing in the offense to watch every single week, week in and week out, was to see Saquon break it loose, man. Opening day against the, the, the Titans. He's, he's running for 18, 18 uh, uh, attempts for 142 yards. You know, very clutch in that game. But then you look in the Super Bowl. You see an Isaiah Pacheco who's who's taken in the seventh round. Yep. Killing it. Yeah, I don't know. You, you see a Boston Scott who was tearing up the Giants, taking in the sixth round. Miles Sanders, I think he was like, like a second-round pick. You see it time and time again. You can get it done by committee and then take those resources because the cap in the NFL is so difficult to maneuver. We've got to build the trenches. They need to build the trenches, the offensive line. They need help at the defense. They need wide receiver help. They have so many holes to plug. Hey, they got crushed by the Eagles because of the trenches. Let's oh, be honest. Was tough, they, got man. they got mauled. And that's that's the, the thing you're looking at and saying, how do I get there? That's what I'm saying. That's the team you're trying to get to. Right. Trying to get to that place, that, which is not an easy place to get to. Right, right. That's for sure. And so they have so many pieces. Saquon might have to get sacrificed in the, in the process. I it's still tough. think, just predicting here, they're both back. I yeah. do. I think they're yeah. going to find a way to make it work with both guys. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Mike in Linden, New Jersey. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, man? Um, Two uh, quick things. Uh, one point, one question. Uh, I don't know how any Jet fan wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I get your point, but uh, it's only a two-year maybe commitment. But we'll figure that out after two years. I mean, we've been waiting 50 years. We haven't had a shot at a Super Bowl in quite some time. And my, my question is, how do I phrase it? it, it Whose decision really is it? I mean, for me, I look at it like Joe Douglas might want to just take Carr to be conservative, right. save his job, right. be consistent. But wouldn't Woody be like, listen, we're going to go for it. I, if we miss out on our Rodgers, we'll deal with it then. I mean, That's it, by the way, that is Joe Douglas? It's, it's a great, great question. What does Joe Douglas really want? What does Robert Sala really want? What does Woody Johnson really want? Here's me reading the tea leaves based on what we know about each individual. Woody's been an owner now for two decades. What a great time to be a Jet fan. Woody is a stargazer. That's it. Woody Johnson is an absolute stargazer. And so my gut would be, and this is one of those rare instances where I'd agree with Woody Johnson, I'd agree with the owner, I think he wants Aaron Rodgers. What does Joe Douglas want? Probably, you know, probably the more conservative approach. The idea of all right, I could add a quarterback. I'm probably a playoff team. I'm keeping all my picks, and I'm not losing my job because I think there's some truth to this idea that if the New York Jets don't make the playoffs in 2023, they may all be gone. Robert Sala definitely, right. maybe even Joe Douglas, because Woody's going to sit there saying, Are "You guys kidding me? You can't make the playoffs." So. Who's making the decision? And then it comes down to this, and it's actually something uh, the owner of the Knicks said, James Dolan with us, when he admitted, I used to be a lot more active. If this was a decade ago, maybe he pushes more chips in and they get Donovan Mitchell, right? Like he did for Carmelo Anthony, but now I'm different. Is Woody Johnson different? And what's what's interesting about that question is I'm sure there are Knicks fans saying, man, I wish Dolan wasn't because I wanted Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Just like right now, as much yeah. as I don't want the owner to overstep the GM, it, it burns me when I hear that. I happen to agree with the owner if the owner wants Rodgers and the GM wants Derek Carr. So I, I, 
I don't know who wants who, but that's my best guess, just trying to read what I know about each guy. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, and as you said, Woody Johnson, he's definitely stargazing. He knows the weakness at the quarterback position. He said that he's willing to go in and go get him. And I would have to think that Robert Sallow wants, wants an Aaron Rodgers. You, you're judging this town on wins and losses. He wants to improve his chances. Obviously, Rodgers can take him there. But from a Douglas standpoint, when you're talking about roster building, there is certainly a risk. And so, yeah, you may have divergent viewpoints in the front office. And they both, I'm sure, want a competent quarterback because they didn't have one last year. I mean, Mike White yeah. was competent for the 30 seconds he plays. Like, that's the biggest issue with Mike White. He's like a star, he's like a, a shooting star. Yeah. It's fun for five minutes. You have a great time. Then he, she disappears, basically. It's a one-night stand. <laughs> Essentially is what I've come up with. Mike White is like this amazing one-night stand. And what was crazy this year is we had a one-night stand with the same person. Now, who, who does that? Two years <laughs> apart. Like, a what? You randomly went to the bar. It happened. That that did not happen that back much to for back. me. <laughs> you come back a year later, it's the same person. Hey. And you're like, but it was a great time. Yeah, let's do it again. And Why not? And you're thinking, maybe we should date. And then she disappears, <laughs> which is basically Mike White. He disappeared. Like, all of a sudden, you couldn't find him. Fred is in Fresh Meadows. Hey, Fred. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I know what diehard fans, both you and CPR, and um, I know what I want to ask you as diehard fans is, what do you see is really the realistic goal or what drives us as fans? And I know that winning the championship, witnessing the championship is the ultimate high, but Evan, none of your four teams has won a championship. You're about to turn 40. Never I like that, that, Fred. Thank you. Thank you. Remind, good, reminder. good reminder, Fred. But, but CP, and I want to remind you as an incredible Knicks fan, you know, you saw the team go to the finals in 94 and 99, but, you know, you haven't seen them win a championship. So, realistically, what is it that both of you see for us as fans? What keeps, keeps us going as fans from your perspective? What are the, the things that make us happy, at least in the near term? Because even Boston Celtics fans who have those championship banners hanging up there, if they're your age, they've seen one damn championship in their lifetime. Good point. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? They're only one championship ahead of CP and, 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 and you, Evan. So, uh, That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> Take this one, CP. What drives you at night as a fan? Yeah, I, I think it's a couple things. Um, for, for people, number one, you could have legacy, right? Was your father, your grandfather a fan of this team? And, and you know, they passed that on to you. And so you just feel like it's a natural progression. Maybe it's a it's a city thing where, you know, they represent my city. I'm, I'm going to be a fan. And maybe that's from a more casual standpoint. But for me, it's more the moments that take your breath away. Like, I can still remember the Knicks rivalries with the Pacers, with the Heat, with the Bulls, NBA on NBC, coming home from church. I remember exactly where I was when Allen Houston hit the runner against the Heat because I hated the Heat so much. For the Giants, it was it was the upset over the over the Patriots in 07. You know, all the Yankees championships in the 90s. It's those memories that you never forget, and it's almost like a high that you want back, especially with the Knicks in the 90s heyday. You know, even even when the Knicks won that one playoff game against the Hawks, and we had our own parade. <laughs> oh, we, we took the, the Canyon of Heroes <laughs> to 7th Avenue, and yeah. it was a monumental moment because you want that high. You want that feeling again that you experience at different moments. And so that's it for me. Yeah, I, as a fan who's won nothing, as a loser <laughs> that I am, it is chasing a championship. It's actually why, and I was talking to uh, Ryan Ruckel about this yesterday with the Nets, yeah. and I said to him, what's very difficult, because the Nets are they're a good little team now, yeah. right? 
They're actually interesting, right? They're fun. They all like each other. Maybe Mikel Bridges is a star. Maybe they'll make the playoffs. They should make the playoffs. Maybe something happens, right? They are not winning an NBA championship definitively. They are not. I am not delusional. And I said to Ryan, I said, it's very, very difficult, despite all that fun stuff, to go from this team can win a championship to this team can't win a championship. And so the transition has been very tough for me, as you can imagine. And because ultimately what drives me as a fan is seeing my team win a title. That's it. That's why even going back to the top of the show, talking about Rodgers versus Carr, I see Rodgers giving them a better chance to do it. So while Derek Carr may give you more consistency for six or seven years, ask me this, and I think you'd have the same answer. I win a Super Bowl next year. Rodgers retires. Jets suck for six years. Literally, yeah. 11 losses every year, but I won a Super Bowl. Or I get Derek Carr, I'm in the playoffs every year, I never win. I'd sign for the championship. Absolutely. You too? Absolutely. Knicks win the championship this year. Yeah. Come out of nowhere. Yeah. You never make the playoffs until you're 58 years old. Yeah. You sign for that? I'm good. Of course. I'm good on it. Of course. And, that, and that's why, you know, with Giants fans and their knocks on Eli and his lack of regular season productivity, I say, hey, look, 07, he got me one. 2011, he got me one. I'm good. He's a Hall of Famer. Put him in there. Give him a gold jacket. Yeah, good. I mean, you got it. I'm yeah. jealous of yeah. you. You have a few championships yeah. in your life. However, I will say this. I think you answered my question from earlier on the next season tickets. You have no foundation to lean on with the Nets. <laughs> There's nothing there. There are no moments to take your breath that away. Is, oh, so no, you no, hedge no, your no, bets no. and say, you know what? Let me sneak into MSG and see what's going on with Jalen Brunson and oh, those guys. Hold on. First of all, Game 7 in Toronto, 2013, <laughs> in the building, or 2014, in the building in Toronto. <laughs> There's a warrant out for my arrest in Toronto. Oh, man. I have a parking <laughs> ticket from Game 7. I never paid it. I crossed the border. That's a memory I'll always have. Sweeping the New York Knicks in 2004. The Fugazi series. I couldn't stand that one. That's a memory I'll forever have. Back-to-back NBA Finals. Jason Kent. That's a memory I'll forever have. So trust me. I got memories. Speaking of celebrations, a celebration last night that, in my opinion, maybe I'm being a Grinch, went way too far. We address it coming up, plus more of your calls at 877-337-6666. It's, we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Carton and Roberts on the fan. WFAN, WFAN-FM, and WFAN.com. Craig is off today. CP the franchise sitting in. And this gives CP another chance to rip Jersey, which he hates. He thinks Jersey's a swamp. I mean, he's not wrong. Um, a Jersey Shore boardwalk amusement operator was fined like fifteen grand for rigging the games, the boardwalk games. Yeah, and I just saw this headline. I'm thinking to myself, isn't every boardwalk game rigged? That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, like I thought that was an accepted thing. Right. That you go there, you pay you two dollars for the five balls. Yeah. To shoot into a basket, and the ball is just a little bit too big for the hoop, and it won't <laughs> yeah. go in. 
Like, I thought that was an accepted thing. I didn't know you could get fined 15 grand for that. I thought that was the whole point, wow. having those amusement games. And, you know, they, they steal your money. You have a low chance yeah. to, to succeed. Like, you, there's like a really small chance that you said that you do succeed, but nine out of ten times, you're not winning the giant stuffed animal. Yeah. It's not happening. And we all fall, you know, we're, we're all suckers because yeah. we're all dating at some point. We're like, oh, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to impress her. I'm right. going to impress him. This is what I'm going to do. And then you waste your $4, and then it turns into $8. Yeah. Then it turns It's like gambling, except, you know, we're underage at the time. And we lose all our money, and we don't get the big stuffed animal. So I'm stunned to see that. I can't believe you could get fined for that. I just thought that was a thing. That is the uh, the old Jersey foot trick, yeah. as, as my guy Clyde Frazier would say, man. It, it's <laughs> all part of... The weirdness of New Jersey. The junk <laughs> handle turns. I'll take the full service gas, as we talked about earlier. But, you know, it's, it's quirky things like that, man. Now, I don't know if you saw this last night, because yeah. I haven't watched that much college basketball this year, because I've been so consumed by, you know, the, the red-hot New York Knicks. Right. And obviously, falling apart Brooklyn Nets. Yes. But last night, I saw that Maryland defeated Purdue in College Park, Maryland. And they all stormed the court. Like, everybody like, ran on the court. Everybody had a good time. And so I started doing my research, and I'm like, all right, I guess this must be amazing. You know, Maryland's probably not won a game this season. Purdue's probably undefeated. This must be, you know, the most incredible victory I've ever seen. And Purdue's already lost three times. You know, Maryland's, you know, 18-8, and eight, whatever their record is. I know they had, like, a huge run in this game, like a 29-4 to four run. But call me crazy. I hate to be the Grinch here of celebrations. And I can't believe I'm saying this to a Nick fan. They have parades every time they That's go on right. a three-game winning streak. Yeah. But don't you think that's a little too much? Are we really storming not the court? All. For a regular season win against Purdue? Not at all. I, I get Knicks fans calling, storming the phone lines after I went over the Toronto Raptors, man. Look, I mean, Purdue's, so, <laughs> supposed, Purdue's supposed to be the top, top of the tops. You have a Maryland team, they ran them off the court, 24-7 run. You let the kids run out onto the court. Everybody wants their TikToks and their Instagram and their no, reels. No, and you hit, but the brawl, yeah. you just hit on it. Yeah, It's all about the videos you're going to record from it. That's it. Because Purdue lost their last game to Northwestern. They're now yeah. on a two-game losing streak. They didn't knock off an unbeatable team. Yeah. So you're right. People storm the court. People celebrate like crazy so they can film themselves. Yep. They're not real. That's not a real celebration. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? That, that Listen, just... it, it all feeds into the marketing machine. Suppose, suppose you're, you're recruiting a kid to Maryland. And he's choosing between Maryland and maybe some other schools. And, and your NIL money's just not that good. He sees now on the internet this viral video of a monumental upset. They beat a top three team in the, in the league, in, in, in college basketball, ran them off the court, maybe impressed somebody. So now speak to me here. Yeah. You went to college, right? Which universities did you go I to? I went to Hampton, Hampton University Hampton, first. Who's been to the NCAA they've been tournament? To the, they've been to the dance. Hampton, and Georgia State University. And Georgia State, okay. Yeah, also been to the dance. Did you ever go to a college hoops game watching yeah. the team you're at? You know, you're there, yeah. you're at school there, you got a lot of pride, yeah. absolutely. You ever start on the court? Absolutely not, because they had no chance when I was there. <laughs> they had no chance. You never had the chance. You, you had a, you, you had about one thousand people in the gym. You go there. You, the point to, to to go to these games was football, basketball at my school, especially Hampton University. It was a fashion show. You go in there to impress the girls. Go see what the girls are doing. Hey, what are you doing after the game? The game was like an afterthought gotcha, when, when you gotcha. go into the game. Yes. right. That's kind of what I miss about you know the big school feel. I told you I wanted to go to Miami. That's kind of what I miss. Right, is that you didn't have that same electricity. When they made it to the dance, it was a nice, uh, nice view. I, maybe I'm being, you know, very picky here. I think the only celebration where you can go nuts of charging on the field or charging on the court 
is when you win something. Like, like yeah. legitimately, I always hear back in 86, and it wasn't even when the Mets won the World Series. It was when they won the division, of all things, which was inevitable because they ran away with it in 86. Everybody stormed the field. 1969, Mets win the World Series. Everybody stormed the field. The Yankee fans did it in the late 70s. Now, that stopped because after, and I think the last time they stormed the field was 86, they won the division. And after that, the NYPD said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put the police officers on horses, and we're going to show the crowd, hey, we're on horses. You want to get run over by a horse? <laughs> now, you want to get trampled. I have a personal experience here. This is very sad, but my yeah. great-grandfather, great-grandfather's father, he got run over by a horse and died. Oh. It's a true story. All right? So this Sorry, is uh, Yes, I have mentioned this once before, but I had it confirmed by my dad. Yes, he died. All right? Wow. Old, old man. He got run over by a horse. But ever since the horses came on the field in 86... None of us run on the field after the Yankees win the World Series. Yeah, like in '96, yeah. Charlie Hayes makes that catch. Yeah. Nobody's running on the field. Yeah, but that would have been worthy of running on the field. Like I yeah. totally get it. If the horses weren't there and you were able to do it, go to town. Yeah. But a regular season game against yeah. Them. But if you're a team like Maryland, you know they, they, their heydays way behind them. The Gary Williams days. They want to celebrate something, and and you just saw the Mike Woodson Hoosier team upset this Purdue team. Yes, yeah, so well they've been. So right, so they're they're right for the taking. <laughs> so so they come to your house, you run them off the court. Is it true? And yeah. I I heard rumors about this. Yes, that you guys were going to storm the court when you beat the Nets earlier this week. You know, nine game losing streak. <laughs> we finally beat the bully. <laughs> I heard that was planned. That's what I heard. L- listen, man, it was a long time coming. Nine game losing streak I, to the to the Swamp Trials. I heard man. that Alex Tortoras was yeah. on your. Uh, so yeah, shout out to the Tratacast. I man. heard shout he was JD. the whole thing. Yeah, I heard he was like, "We're storming the court, fellas." <laughs> if we finally beat Mikel Bridges in the Nets, listen, man, we're just storming. Let me tell you something. Last year, I think it was the game where I don't even think Kyrie. Obviously, Kyrie didn't play, but it was a game where the Nets came storming back. At the Garden. Yes, like I went to both down. of them. Was it the Cam Thomas game or was it the Kevin Durant's playing and they had their guys game? Because they had two massive comebacks. One was the Cam Cameron Boucher-Thomas game, yeah. as I like to call it. And the other one was they had their guys and they just made a great comeback. I think it was closer to the end of the season. might have been the KD one. So was the KD one. It was yeah. a KD one. I'm there. It's me and my girl there. And behind us is just this obnoxious, rambunctious group. The Brooklyn Brigade. <laughs> the Brooklyn Brigade is behind us, like 50 deep. They got the flags and everything. We took over. What can I oh, tell you? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. And I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even talk as the Nets are destroying the Knicks. I'm just sitting there in disgrace. These people are behind me just ripping us to shreds. It was terrible. So, yes, the last victory was much needed. It was much needed. And, by the way, if you guys stormed the court that yeah. night, I would have understood. Yeah. I would have said, okay, that one's acceptable. Uh, let's go to Todd in Freehold, New Jersey. What's up, Todd? Hey, guys. Uh, happy Friday. Thanks. Happy Friday. Long time. Uh, I just wanted to let you know, Evan, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Yes. Sorry about that. I, mm. uh, well, I mean, if you guys ended up with Fields, it could be a different conversation. But anyways, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if he's a guy you think he is. He loses at home to Eli Manning. To Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> to Matt Ryan, and all these big games. What's going to happen when Pat Mahomes comes into MetLife? Or you got to go there. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. I just I don't see the upside for giving away the draft picks. Maybe having him for one or two years. I would get Derek Carr. 
bolster up the roster. You, you take a tackle at 13. Maybe but Todd, 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 let me push back on something you just said. First of all, what was Aaron Rodgers' record against the Bears? <laughs> okay, okay. No, no I'm so, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You but, bring up a very fair point. Like, I'm not even... I'm agreeing, but I'm going to disagree. You'll see what I'm doing here. And I want to give you a chance to retort, so you don't have to hang up or anything. Um, you're right about everything with the brutal home playoff losses. Can't deny it. You put it out there, you're right. And your counter to me is, go get Derek Carr, who's never won a playoff game. How do you make those two views kind of square up together? Because with Derek Carr, you're playing the long game. You're going to have him for five, six, seven years. You're going to be able to bolster up the roster. He's going to be a little cheaper. You maybe you're able to go get another weapon, go get yourself a safety, and be in it for the long run. Plus, I mean, I'm not a Jets believer at all, to be honest. I don't believe in Salah. It's just a lot for Rodgers to come in and deal with a young young receivers, which he has issues with, um, a coach, a defensive coach, and guys on the hot seat. I, I just don't think it's the right situation for him. Plus, Derek Carr... He had to deal with Henry Ruggs and John Gruden last year and still made the playoffs. No, no. You're, by the way, one of the biggest defenses of Derek Carr is he did have to deal with a lot. And those yeah. two situations are obviously very unique. And it did, it wasn't Derek Carr's doing. It's things around him that had to affect him. There's no question about that. And he's dealt with a lot. But ultimately, if your knock on Rodgers is he can't win the big one, and yet he has won the big one. It's just been a long time. Your counter's a guy who's really never won the big one because he's never won a playoff game. So I get the, you've got more time, you can build a roster around him, like, all that's fair. But I guess when the negative to Rodgers is he can't win the big one and your counter is a guy who's really never won the big one, that's a tough one to really swallow. Yeah, I can't uh, can't draw those comparisons, right? If you're talking about who's going to win a bigger game, you're looking for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, even though he, the caller made a good point because Eli Manning certainly uh, had his way with those Green Bay teams, but I just it just comes back for me. How much does he really want it? To me, that is important for this team that is looking for stability. Salah's in a tricky spot right now. When a CJ Mosley's in that locker room and he looks at an Aaron Rodgers, or you look at your quarterback, the most important position on the team, you want to know that this guy is invested. He's locked in. He's ready to go to war every single day. He's hungry. He's passionate. I just don't see that with a 39 year old Aaron Rodgers. Why else, though? I mean, if he goes to Green Bay and comes out of this dark room and says, I'm done here, I want out. Wouldn't the reason he'd want out is because he thinks he would have a better chance to win somewhere else? That's true. Not, I want to live in New Jersey. Not, hey, I just want to live close to where Barbara Streisand went to high school. Like, I I would think, and and I could be wrong because Aaron's a weird guy. Aaron Rodgers is Kyrie Irving. They're very, very unique. It's tough to really know what they're thinking. But I'm just making an assumption here that if he is telling the, the franchise he's been with his entire career, hey, I think it's time to break up. I'd assume the breakup is over a better chance to win. And the Jets, I could argue, and I think I'd win it, is I think the Jets compared to the Raiders. Sure. The absolutely. Jets compared to the Colts yeah. give you a better chance to win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And go somewhere where he can, you know, continue to cash in on that fifty million dollars that he's looking Oh look, money's a big factor here. Yeah. <laughs> I totally understand that. Uh Jackson, Oakland, New Jersey. What's up, Jack? Hey guys, how are you? How you doing, Stefano? Good man, how you feeling? What's up? Good. Calling call you from the gas station. So nice with the windows closed. I'm not getting. There you go. There he's multitasking. Multitasking. 
And even cheaper than New York to get it done for nothing. Precisely. That's what Jersey's good for. You take those long-distance trips, you stop in Jersey to fill up the tank before you go home. That's always what you do. very, very lazy. Very lazy. That's okay. I'm lazy. I've been on home for 45 minutes. What do you want me to do? (laughs) Touche, sir. Touche. I'm actually actually kind of on board with the the caller before. As, As I get what you're saying, Evan, especially being a Jet fan, I'm not. But I listened to you a lot. You were Joe back in the day. Anyway, um... The difference with Carr and Rodgers, obviously, is the winning, right? Last year, I guess the question I'm asking is, how different were the Jets and the Packers team-wise last year? Fairly comparable, right, if I think about it? Um, Defenses were probably pretty close. Yeah, Green Bay especially, and and Craig and I went over this last week, because I do want to be fair to them. Even though if you look at the overall numbers, the Packers were an average defense, if you look at the way they played to close the year – even in the Detroit game, they lost. The Minnesota game. I know the Dolphins were banged up. Their defense absolutely right. stepped up over the last four weeks and forced turnovers, which the Jets' defense right. didn't do. So I get that defense. Right. I still think overall the Jet defense was better. But, yes, they it certainly was. closed I, the I season stronger. Yeah. My, my point is the teams were not that much different. They really weren't. Statistically, record-wise, they were, they were fairly close. So he's not, he's not leaving a team that was – terrible to come to the Jets and win a Super Bowl. That's not happening this year or next year. It's not. I, I do so, disagree that I think talent-wise, the Jets are a more talented team. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when you look at some of the talent they have on defense, that's only going to get better. Yeah. I do think pound for pound, the Jets were a better football team. Because overall, while they didn't close successfully, especially their inability to force turnovers, this was a top three defense. Yeah. In Aaron Rodgers' NFL career, how many times do you think he has played with even a top 10 defense in the NFL. And the answer, if you look back, I'll pull it up right now. So I'm not making it up. Let's see. I want to go by points or yards. Completely up to you. you want to go by points? want to go by yeah. yards. They usually go by yards. We'll go by, uh, we'll go by points. I'll be fair. 17th last year. 13th. 13th. 9th. Okay. That was the year they won 13 games. 22nd. 26th. 21st. 12th. 13th, 24th, 11th, and 19th. And then you get to the 2010 year where they won 15 games and Eli took them out, Mm -hmm. number two defense. So in the last decade, how often has he had a defense ranked as successfully as what the Jet defense played for the totality of 17 games? The answer is never. It doesn't happen. And then you think about the offensive weapons that are only going to get better, assuming Brees Hall's healthy, which is obviously, we'll see. Garrett Wilson certainly looked like a superstar. They have quality tight ends. Elijah Moore will probably be very happy with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback as compared to Zach Wilson. So I I do reject this idea that the Packers, an 8-9 and nine football team, and that's what they were, and Aaron was hurt. I think he had, had the finger issue affected him. I do think the Jets are a more talented team. I do think if he goes to the Jets, they are, he is playing with a better team around him. Now, there's questions about the coach. I admit that. We don't know about Robert Sala. But he does know the offensive coordinator. That's why the Nathaniel Hackett hiring, who Aaron Rodgers has sworn by, was such an important hiring in case they are able to pull this off and bring him in. But we'll see. Right now, my confidence has gone back and forth about this. I actually think they're going to pull this off. Mike's on Long Island. What's up, Mike? Mike! Hey, guys. Yep, can you hear me? Yes. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, Evan, I just want to take a little issue regarding uh, your take on storming the court and, in particular, the Maryland uh, basketball game last night. Sure. So, Go ahead. You know, I, I, I completely respect you as a Mets fan. I'm a lifelong Mets fan. Love you for it. Love the passion. But uh, in this case, you're completely off. Look, <laughs> let the kids have fun. 
listen, let the kids have fun. Let them do it safely. There is nothing other than NHL playoff hockey that's more exciting than March Madness and leading up to it. And my daughter, my older daughter, graduated from Maryland. My younger daughter is still there now. She was at the game. Did she storm the court? Very important question. Was she out there taking selfies? She she was not, only because uh, uh, she was up a little bit higher and couldn't get down on the court. But, uh, but And you have young kids. Someday they're going to choose their school uh, because of academics, because of school spirit, because right. of, you know, all of the uh, the other ancillary benefits of being away at school. So don't uh, let the Maryland kids enjoy this moment. They have an amazing lacrosse program. But uh, you know what? They're they're just starting to come back again for basketball and let the kids enjoy it. Let the uh, kids as long as, they do, as long as they do it safely. Have Ooh. fun. You know Mike, what I would do? Mike wanted the smoke, man. When uh, when my youngest Spence is in college, is, oh, my man, God, my God, God, I feel so old. <laughs> 18 years from now, I'm going to let him have fun. I'm going to let him storm the court when he goes to uh, St. John's, <laughs> wherever he wants to go, all right? Princeton <laughs> like his mama, yeah. No, nah, no pressure, wherever he wants to go. He's at Duke. Nah, we won't let him go to Duke. I'm kidding. I'll let him storm the court, CP. I'll let him have fun. And then I'm going to call him after. And I'm going to say, son, I thought what you did last <laughs> night was embarrassing. <laughs> I'm glad. See, it's, it's, it's coming with old age, man. You, you're just getting older, man. I'm not even 40 you know? yet, but yeah. I feel like an old man. It's that get off my lawn mentality, man. I have it, too. It's creeping in on me, too, man. The other day, I'm, I'm uh, inside my house, and I see, like, a group of kids leave because there's, there's a school by my house. Right. So I see a group of kids, like, congregating on my lawn. So I come outside, I open the door, and, and they start, you know, they take off. But it's like that. You start to get older, man. So you literally have yeah. get off my lawn yeah, moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Get off my lawn moment. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Stop celebrating meaningless yeah. wins in February. It's not even yeah. March yet. Uh, let's go to uh, Khalid in the Bronx. What's up, Khalid? Hey, uh, how you guys doing? Excellent. Thank you for taking time out to call us today. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm calling regarding uh, Mr. Hopefully the quarterback of the Jets. Amen. After Rogers, uh, uh, you know, retired, Mike White, trying <laughs> to be uh, fair to him. I, honestly, honestly, I, I heard you guys saying, and I, I keep hearing that he's uh, injury prone. He got injured once versus the Colts when he uh, accidentally, when he threw the ball, he uh, hit his hand right. on the helmet. Yes, and he missed one game. Um, after that, I, I mean, this year he did, he did good uh, against Minnesota, he won Chicago's game, and he was he almost got killed against Buffalo, and he came back. I think he 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 could be a solid backup. Okay, so but, but, but Khalid, Khalid, one quick thing. All right, because someone is injury prone, it's not necessarily their fault. Like Kevin Durant is injury prone now, right? Yeah. Isn't that just a fact? Yeah. Now, it's not a knock on him. Is it his fault that a human being fell into his leg? Not saying it is. It's bad time. But when it happens all the time, and in Mike White's case, it's two years in a row, you start to say, I don't know if I can trust him. It's a part of what we were talking about with Daniel Jones earlier, that my biggest concern was Daniel is can he stay healthy? Because there was a track record starting to build of his inability to stay healthy. So while we can break down Mike White's injuries and say, yeah, it was an accident, he hit another guy's helmet. Oh, the Bills almost killed him. Like, it still happened. Yeah. So how could you ever trust? And I like Mike White. 
I have a sweatshirt at home, CP, that says Mike Bleep and White, <laughs> which I accidentally wore to my kid's school recently, and I started to realize that this is inappropriate. Maybe I shouldn't have worn it. Yeah, yeah. And I felt very guilty. And everyone told me, no, nah, it's no big deal. The kids don't know what it means. Everybody's happy. I felt a little weird. I love Mike White. I, I would love for him to be good, but he's injury prone. Yeah. You can't trust that. That that that's not where Woody Johnson wants to go, and he showed he showed some promise last year in Zach Wilson's absence. But I, I think Johnson wants a, something a little bit nicer. Than well, that. The, the the one thing I would agree with him about is I don't want Zach Wilson as a backup. I think it's yeah. a waste of time. I think he's done. I think he's done. He's I agree done. with you, he's and done. I don't believe this plan of well, if you bring in Rogers specifically, Zach can learn from him for two years, and then he can be the guy. Yeah. I don't think it makes any sense on a million different levels, including the financial level of. Wait a second. So he's going to play out his rookie deal. You're going to pay him without him playing and say, okay, you're the guy? I, I, yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. No. Plus, I think he's cooked. I don't think he's any good. So if you want Mike White to be the backup for Aaron Rodgers or you want Mike White to be the backup for ultimately Derek Carr, I'm good with that. Yeah. Now, I'd be nervous that you better have a third-string quarterback because if you're Danny a backup, we could have a Niner situation on our hands where you're yeah. going to your third guy. But Mike White as a backup is fine. In fact, I prefer it over Zach Wilson. Makes more sense over yeah. Zach Wilson. But as the guy, dude, I think that ship has sailed. No, no. I really he, do. He's done. I, I don't think you can risk it anymore. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.